Hey guys, this is Mark, and today's episode is brought to you by Anonymous, uh, literally. So today we're going to go through a survival guide for citizens in a revolution. So I'm not encouraging any uh, revolution, violent or otherwise, but should you find yourself in one, um, uh, this could be a useful guide. Um, like right now in South Africa, situation down there is getting pretty hairy. Um, yeah. Uh, so the index of the contents, I'm just going to go through that first so you guys see what this is all about. So we've got a forward, then noticing first signs, uh, making preparations, food and water, getting special assistance, creating a take box, first aid kit, uh, general strategies, additional security tips. Uh, how to deal with exceptional situations, how to deal with violent riots, uh, your safety when confrontations are unavoidable, protesting violent opponents, um, other references, tools, and hints and strategies, and essential checklists. So the survival guide for citizens in a revolution. This guide is for citizens who feel they are about to be caught up in a violent uprising or revolution to overthrow the oppressive government of their country. Although a revolution in favor of the people is a joyful thing when seen from the outside, it can be a bloody mess for those inside it. This guide will give you some basic ideas and tips for how you and your friends, neighbors, and family can stay safe in the violent turmoil around you. It is not a ready-made recipe, but it contains general survival tactics and strategies. Most of all, we suggest, don't panic, stay cool-headed. Take a break and rest if your body needs to relax. Lack of sleep is a major weakening factor. Uh, avoid consuming mind-altering substances like alcohol and drugs. They will cloud your judgment and ability to think and act rationally. You are also arming the regime with propaganda that the crowd is made up of a bunch of intoxicated rioters. Don't allow your movement to be portrayed in an unfavorable light. Noticing first signs. Revolutions don't just happen instantly overnight. They develop over long periods of struggle. So keep your eyes and ears open for signs of a coming uprising such as civil unrest prior to riots in the major cities. Politicians and media blatantly lying about the most obvious developments. Censorship of social networks such as Twitter or Facebook. This may not be entirely obvious at first, but when the sites are blocked completely, the warnings are clear uh, with excuses like child pornography. Uh, censorship of old media such as newspapers and television, um, so non-regime critical press. Arrests of political opposition leaders. In Tunisia, the leaders of the Pirate Party were rounded up and imprisoned without charge. The prison was subsequently burnt down with many people dying inside. In times of crisis, many rumors will spread around and fear-mongering is rampant. Be calm and think before you act. And don't act rashly. The hashtag of your country or name of your political leader is trending worldwide on Twitter. Or friends and family members living abroad may try to contact you to check if you are alright. How to make preparations. Buy food, water, and medical supplies. Stores will be closed and you may not get any supplies when the riots reach your town. A 20 kilogram bag of rice can keep a person alive for six months. 
If there's no rice available, other dry grains, potatoes, noodles, dry pasta, or lentils, as well as lots of canned food will also suffice. You will also need flour and salt. Locate a secure water supply. Do not rely on tap water to be always available as damage to pipes may cut you off. Buy water purification tablets because you may not always be able to boil the water. Once you have a supply of food and water, you will need a dry, cool, safe space to store it away from vermin and thieves. To make sure everyone knows how to respond in the event of struggles in your neighborhood, you will want to convene a family or neighborhood gathering or meeting to discuss this matter. Topics of discussion should include who, what, where, why, when. So nominating leaders and contact people. Compile a census of the members of your group and ensure everyone gets to know each other or at least recognize each other. What to do about power and water outages. How to deal with serious sicknesses and injuries. How to turn off water, gas, and electricity at main switches. What to do if you must evacuate. Where to meet if you get separated. How to make a fire for cooking and warmth. A water supply is essential. If handicapped, aged, or young children are present, decide what assistance is needed and who will be taking care of them. What to do in the event of a flood, fire, attack, storms, or civil upheaval. Compile a list of those needing special medical attention along with all pertinent information regarding their condition and any medications they require. Agree on what to do and how to distribute food and water if you need or decide to share supplies. How to turn off the water, gas, and electricity at main switches. <laughs> what to do if you have to evacuate. In addition, you should post and hand out emergency telephone numbers and keep by the telephone. Note, in a full-scale revolution, the police will not help you or may even be your enemy depending on the situation. You will also need other emergency numbers, i.e. ambulance, fire, etc. They may not be available or may be blocked by other callers. Compile a written list of contact addresses of relatives for the people you are with. Teach children how and when to call for help. Uh, get a Red Cross first aid kit. Internet access could be your only way of finding out what is happening in your country as state TV may be under tight control, so do try to get online. Get a camera to document things, but be covert because journalists are prone to be attacked. If you can, get a friend to watch your back as operating a video slash still camera can be very distracting. Use a small camera so you can easily conceal or disguise it as something else, for example a packet or a small box of something, a book, etc. Food and water. Getting your food supply ready. Have at least a four-week sufficient supply of non-perishable food on hand. Focus on high nutritional foods that require no refrigeration, preparation, or cooking, and little or no water. Your food supply might include ready-to-eat canned meats, beans, fruits, or vegetables, canned juices, condensed or evaporated milk, avoid fresh milk, uh, honey, canned soups, or vegetables, high-energy foods including peanut butter, jelly, crackers, granola bars, trail mix, dried rolled oats, wheat, barley, and other grains, dried fruits, nuts, uh, ensure nobody is allergic, however. Uh, vitamins and minerals like salt or magnesium, uh, supplements if available. 
Special foods for infants, diabetics, the elderly, or people on special diets. Uh, comfort slash stress foods, including cookies, hard candy, instant coffee, tea, boiled sweets, chocolate, and other non-perishable confectionery. Other essentials include extra supplies of any essential medications like painkillers, antibiotics, disinfectants, and some first aid kits uh, required as pharmacies and doctor's offices may no longer be open or otherwise unavailable. Gasoline for your cars and other vehicles. Cash money as banks will probably close and ATMs may not be available. Some things, books, battery, firewood, etc. that you can trade with others. A good torch, torch meaning flashlight here, um, for each person is good, and a good supply of batteries for each. Um, torches can be tied to a belt, uh, which is a good idea to ensure nobody loses theirs. If you have children, you need toys, books, simple board games, etc. to keep them occupied. We recommend against alcohol and drug consumption, and these will, as these will impair your ability to deal with such an emotionally stressful situation. So getting special assistance. Find out about any special assistance that may be available in your community. Uh, create a network of neighbors, relatives, friends, and co-workers to aid you in an emergency. Discuss with them your needs and make sure they know how to operate any necessary equipment. If you live in an apartment building, ask the management to clearly mark accessible exits and to make arrangements to help you evacuate the building. Identify people with special skills such as doctors, nurses, bus drivers, etc. So creating a take box. The take box should have everything you need to reconstruct your life in the event you evacuate and everything is lost. Uh, passports, birth, wedding, adoption, divorce, and armed service separation cer certificates. Copies of insurance policies. Mortgage information. House and car title large purchase receipts. You get the idea. If you have a scanner, save yourself space and a heartbreak by scanning family albums and images of other keepsakes. Burn those to CD and keep a copy in your take box or make a copy of all your pictures, videos, music, and documents on an external hard drive that you can keep in your take box. But remember that CDs can malfunction. Make sure you take along the original documents if possible. Make copies of them and host them online using Photobucket or Image Shack. First aid kit. Learn how to use it and make sure it is well stocked. Get a first aid manual and a kit that will allow you to stop bleeding, disinfect and treat cuts and wounds large and small. In Vietnam, soldiers often use tampons to plug bullet hole wounds for example. If there is any on hand, most stronger spirits, so vodka, etc., can be used to clean wounds, but clean running water will do if there's nothing else. Scarves and bandanas can be used as bandages, as can bedsheets. In general, use common sense and learn what to do for various injuries. Take stock of other common items which may have novel uses. So general strategies. Band together into small squads of known friends. That way you recognize infiltrators like fake civilians, as was seen in the G20 summit in Canada. Watch for pieces of police uniforms like police shoes, usually black boots. They tend to stay in little violent groups. Wear white slash green headbands so military personnel can recognize you. Be visible. Do not let children go outdoors unless you are certain that it is safe, and do not let them out of your sight. 
A bandana as a headband is a handy article because it is multi-purpose. Stay with any elderly or disabled people or children who are out in the street, as they may be lost or disoriented and may need assistance. Contact and join forces with groups in other neighborhoods. Each neighborhood should act as an independent squad, but should always be ready to assist others in the area. Always be on guard with as many people as possible. Ask trustworthy members of the military to help you reinforce your groups by adding soldiers to each of them or staying in contact with one of your group members designated for that purpose. Collaborative mapping. So use paper to draw a map or a city map or street directory and mark dangerous slash safe spaces on it as well as places where assistance is available, uh, water taps, etc. To share this information, to share this information, use Google Earth if you are able to connect to the internet. Do not use this for sensitive information that should be detained from government forces as anyone can view the map. If there is mobile phone service, designate one person as a contact for anyone who is lost or who has become separated from the group. Agree on places to meet up if the group is separated that are safe but visible. For example, a parking lot or an easy recognized friend's house. Do not use mobile phones to plan operations if the government and security forces are your enemies. They will be tracked and monitored. Additional security tips. Have a plan. A meeting place and some sort of escape route should be prepared in case of emergency. Uh, have local maps and a compass on hand. Satellite dishes are faced to the equator. Try and remain calm and focused. Remember to eat, drink, and sleep when you need to. Your body will give you hints. Do not fight against these. Learn to recognize signs of low blood sugar, exhaustion, and dehydration in yourself and others, as well as signs of heat stroke. Also learn to recognize symptoms of asthma attacks and other similar issues and what to do about them. Assist the injured in moving wherever possible. Even a short walk can turn a minor sprain into a major one. Learn how, to learn how to improvise stretchers or move people safely if they are too injured to walk with assistance. Avoid making journeys by car unless you, are very unless you are a very confident and skilled driver and know your vehicle well and are able to maintain it. The last thing you need is a flat tire in the middle of a riot. If you must travel on foot, travel light. Carry only what you absolutely require for the journey. Carrying large backpacks or bags can make you stand out, and carrying extra weight may make it more difficult to move quickly if you need to get away. If you are in or traveling through an area you're not familiar with, make good use of a road map or street directory or ask locals, carefully, for directions. Stay away from gunfire and sounds of violence rather than seeking to investigate. If you must investigate... Uh, do it discreetly, ask around for information rather than trying to acquire it yourself. Uh, designated nonverbal signals and codes need to be known to all members of the group. Uh, chalked signs on walls can be helpful, or whistles, hand and arm signals, etc. Help those you can, but do not endanger yourself or your group by doing so. Find and collect fire extinguishers and fire blankets. Make sure everyone knows where they are kept and how to use them. Do not steal firefighting equipment if it is in a populated location. Build a barricade and maintain watch at all points of entrance to the area in which you are staying. Form compounds with individuals you trust and create a barrier of flat, visible ground. 
Make a barricade of cars on neighboring streets. Always have a vehicle ready in case someone needs medical attention. Refrigerators, washing machines, and other heavy equipment are also useful components of such barriers. Do not trust barricades as safe protection against gunfire. Fill bags with sand or dig trenches for some additional protection, but do not trust your life to such things. If you must fight, it is best to do so inside buildings where guns have less advantage. They can't just move far away and keep shooting. Do not try to fight men who have guns or any weapons. Remain calm and refrain from sudden movements in the presence of any armed adversaries who are not a definite threat. Your area is more likely to be avoided by hostile groups if they perceive the possibility of organized and substantial resistance. When in doubt, retreat to a safer location, the high ground where possible. Ensure that those you trust all agree on a fallback location in case of a chaotic situation. Don't be a hero. Dying in the frantic attempt to save two kills three. Try to stay level-headed and analyze situations before you act. Make noise to alert other neighbors to threats. Ensure that all are aware of what such noises indicate. People not used to the sound may mistake fireworks for gunfire. Make a distinctive sound. Use a whistle, vuvuzela, kazoo, or cowbell. You can even learn to whistle yourself. Any loud instrument can also be a good solution. Protection begins with protecting yourself. Ensure that you have adequate head protection. Even a saucepan is something, but a hard hat or bicycle slash motorcycle helmet is best. But the minimum is a baseball cap or other hat. Safety goggles for the eyes if available, or sunglasses if it's all you can find. A kerchief for nose and mouth. Good solid shoes that are comfortable for walking long distances. Steel caps, steel toes, steel shank boots will protect your feet from broken glass, nails, and even possibly an electrocution because of the rubber sole. They are, however, very dangerous in cold weather, as steel toes will draw in the cold air, not insulate as well, and possibly lead to frostbite and or lost toes. If borrowing shoes, ensure that they are the right size, as blisters can get infected very quickly and will hinder you. If you are prone to blisters, apply paper tape, so tape used to hold dressings in place. This can be found at most pharmacies, or band-aids to areas where you normally get blisters before you leave. Socks. Make sure you have a couple of pairs of socks. If your feet get wet, they become very prone to blisters and sores. To prevent this from happening, change your socks if your feet are wet. Stay in a place where you can see the surrounding area and, and can be seen by your squad. Never separate from the group alone. Use the buddy system. For enhanced protection, groups within local communities should stay together. Inform others what you are doing and share information with them. Organize and maintain contact with other neighborhoods. Write down license plate numbers and other vehicle info, so color, make, model, in case of suspicious activity. Uh, the number of occupants, general ages, genders, etc. are useful as well. Make photographs slash videos of hostile people with your mobile phone discreetly. Stay cool and avoid all arguments and fights. You are on a peaceful defensive course of action, not an offensive one. Organize a shift system to keep watch of the compound. Be visible. Wear a white slash green headband so military can distinguish you. Never wear military camouflage. You don't want to be mistaken as a mercenary. Make sure your mobile phone's battery is fully charged and operating. Keep some coins on hand or try to acquire a phone card if these are available in your country. 
and note locations of public phones and their availability. If you can, get a satellite cell phone. Trade contact numbers with other groups like yours so that you may support each other with information and protection. Remember, information is the most fundamentally important protection. Always have emergency phone numbers on hand. Everyone must know what to do in case of problems and where to go, so the nearest hospital, home of a relative, etc. Learn how to use a dial-up modem to get to the internet and how to use international dial-up services. If you see atrocities, try to record and report them to the international media, but only after safely informing neighbors for their protection. Date, time, place, who the parties involved were, what it was about, and what happened. If you have web access, you may leave reports on any anonymous-run message board. Have someone in your neighborhood who is internet-savvy be in charge of further distribution, but only when safety has been regained. If it is safe, contact other witnesses to verify information. Post lookout guards when others are sleeping. Work in short shifts, three to four hours, but ensure everyone has adequate sleep. A sleepy guard isn't watchful, and sleepy people make mistakes easily. Older people and children will need much more sleep. Remember to account for this. How to deal with exceptional situations. Rape. So the best protection against rape is not to get in a situation where it could happen. So never go out alone, day or night. Try to appear undesirable and unattractive, but do not look helpless or unable to escape. Wear clothes that cover most of your skin, clothing that is hard to remove for attackers but does not hinder you while running fast or climbing a fence. Wear jeans, belt, turtleneck, etc. Do not wear skirts. Wear decent shoes that you can run in, like sneakers or light boots. Never leave public spaces and don't let people isolate you. Don't trust new friends. Never provoke. What might be okay in a stable society will get you in deep trouble in times when there is no backed law enforcement. Uh, Wear a wedding ring or wedding band even if not married. Uh, If you cannot avoid it. Prevent being transported to a secondary site. Use passive resistance. Try to stay put. Yell fire, not help, as more people will react to it. Use your head and assess the situation. Don't waste your energy. If you're pinned, wait for an opportunity to break out. If you fight, if you fight, aim for the eyes, throat, or genitals. Or try to dislocate or break fingers. How to deal with looting and robbery. Generally, if they don't want to take your life, body parts, or rape you, especially if they are armed, the best way out is to give the robbers what they want. That reduces the time you are exposed to guns and knives, and there is less time in which you could get killed, injured, or have the situation escalate. The best way to avoid being robbed or your house looted is to not raise any desires to do so. Don't brag about your food reserves, your money, or anything you might have that others value. Again, don't trust new people. Uh, And hide valuable things in different places, so if someone threatens you, you can give them what they want and still have secure reserves. How to deal with violent riots. Be prepared. If you know an area is ripe for a riot, but you can't avoid traveling there, take these simple precautions to protect yourself. Uh, Wear clothes that minimize the amount of exposed skin, long pants, and long-sleeved shirts, and good walking shoes when going out. And think about your possible escape routes and safe havens before anything actually happens. 
Carry small cash with you in case you need to quickly arrange transportation, pay off looters, or bribe the police at a checkpoint. Do not conceal all the cash in one place. Place portions around the body. In shoes, underpants, pinned to inside lining, etc. If you are traveling abroad, register with your country's consulate and carry your passport and or visa with you at all times. Remain calm. Riots bring about intense emotions, and if you want to survive one, you better keep yours in check. Remain calm. Riots bring about intense emotions, and if you want to survive one, you'd better keep yours in check. Your adrenaline and survival instincts will kick in, but try to think rationally, calmly, and pursue safety methodically. If you're caught up in a riot, don't take sides. Try to look as inconspicuous as possible, and slowly and carefully move to the outside of the mob. Stay close to walls or other protective barriers if possible. Avoid being hit by riot control chemicals. Police may deploy riot control agents, uh, tear gas for example, to disperse a crowd. Avoid being hit by riot controlled chemicals. Police may deploy riot control agents, tear gas for example, to disperse a crowd. These chemicals can cause severe pain, respiratory distress, and blindness. Try to stay away from the front lines of a riot and learn to recognize the signs that a riot control agent has been used and how to handle exposure. Move away from the riot. The more time you spend in the midst of a riot, the greater your chance of being injured or killed. That said, in most circumstances, it's better to move out of a riot slowly. If you run, you will draw attention to yourself, so it's usually best to walk. It is dangerous to stand out in a crowd. Move with the crowd at the same pace, so go with the flow until you are able to escape into a doorway or up a side street or alley. It may also be advantageous to stay with the crowd until you are certain you can safely escape because it will help you remain inconspicuous and improve your odds of survival if shots are fired. Think of crowd movement like currents in the ocean. In a large riot, the crowd in the middle will be moving faster than the people on the perimeters. Thus, if you find yourself in the middle, you should try not to move in a different direction, but follow the flow and slowly make your way to the outside. This requires patience in order to work properly. Never move against the flow of the crowd, even if a stampede begins. This is how many people are seriously injured in peaceful crowds. If you get caught up in a stampede, try to move in a diagonal direction with the flow towards the edges of the stampede. Avoid falling to the ground under any circumstances. Avoid major roads. Major roads, squares, and other high traffic areas are likely to be crowded with rioters. If possible, stick to less traveled side streets to avoid the mobs. Travel at night. If you can't avoid to travel, do it preferably on moonless or overcast cloudy nights. Don't walk across big or open or well-lit places. Avoid public transportation. Buses, subways, and trains will likely be out of service, and stations and depots will probably be packed with people. Even if you succeed in getting on a train or bus, rioters may stop it. Subway stations are particularly bad places to be, both because they are generally difficult to escape, and because riot control agents are generally heavier than air and may drift down into subway stations and accumulate there. Don't stop your car. If you're lucky enough to have a car that you can drive away from the riot, drive quickly and try not to stop for anything until you've reached some place you know is safe. Drive through or around crowds that block your escape route at a moderate speed. If you honk your horn and drive by carefully, they should get out of the way. 
uh, keep the car doors locked and the windows rolled up. Driving towards police lines can be interpreted by the police as a preparation to use the car as a weapon against them. Police are trained and prepared to protect themselves against deadly threats, meaning that you may be shot at if they think you are going to run them down with a car. Wait for the police to signal to you to approach before doing so. Activists may perceive your cars as a threat if there have been numerous cases of irate non-participants running down protesters. Any pushing through the crowd should be done with the demeanor of patience. Uh, aggression may lead to an attempt to disable your car before it is used as a weapon. Get inside and stay inside. Typically riots occur in the streets or elsewhere outside. Being inside, especially in a large, sturdy structure, can be your best protection to weather the storm, such as a basement or an interior doorway to hide from the mob. Keep doors and windows locked. Avoid watching the riot from windows or balconies, uh, and try to move to inside rooms where the danger of being hit by stones bullet and or bullets is minimized. Try to find at least two possible exits in case you need to evacuate the building in a hurry. Try to contact police or your country's consulate to let them know where you are and be on the lookout for signs of fire. If the building is set on fire, get out quickly. If rioters are targeting the building and gain entry, try to sneak out or hide. Your safety when confrontations are unavoidable. Tear gas. So check the wind and move against the wind. Spread information about where to go amongst the protesters on the streets. Never go out without masks, even the paper masks handed out at doctor's offices, or COVID masks, or masks used to cover nose and mouth when gardening will provide some protection. Wear synthetic fibers at best, for example nylon, acrylic, polyester. Tear gas will not stay on clothing made of these. Fabric doused in vinegar will help neutralize tear gas. If you have some, take physiological serum, so saline solution, contact solution, these are available at most pharmacies, with you. Uh, rinse your eyes with it, it will wash them out without burning. If you cannot find any saline solution, flush your eyes very well with clean cold water. Thoroughly rinse off any areas of exposed skin as well. Diving masks hold off a lot of tear gas as well. Uh, riot cops and rubber bullets. Uh, use trash can lids as shields to protect yourself. If you can use skiing, motorcycle, or motocross equipment to soften the impacts of rubber bullets and police clubs, do so. If you don't have anything like this, use adult diapers and plastic box lids to protect genitals and chest. Don't wear anything too heavy or too uncomfortable because your running speed in light equipment is your key advantage against heavy equipped riot cops. Riot cops usually wear facial protection like gas masks. If a fight is inevitable, use spray paint to hinder their sight so you can escape. Live ammunition. In general, the final stage of defense for a government is to use live ammunition against its citizens. If it is used, the regime is nearing its end. Normally, it is not used to kill, but to injure people, because in a crowd of 100 protesters, one dead leaves 99 operational. One injured occupies at least 20 of them, and the cries of the injured will strike terror in the hearts of the others. Their morale will suffer, and they will become easier to subdue. If someone is injured, assign two or three people to transport him or her out of immediate danger. Get him or her to an ambulance, medical personnel, or the nearest person with a first aid kit. 
Always talk to the injured person. Tell them that you will see to it that they'll get fixed up. Under any circumstances, don't do anything that will lead them to panic, i.e. crying, yelling. This will avoid unwanted attention by enemy forces and keep the morale up. Good treatment of the injured will motivate more protesters to stay and fight. In case live ammo is used to kill, get out of there. Retreat by using cars, cellar entrances, garden walls, anything you can use as cover while you escape. Protesting violent opponents. So out of control protest behavior. Uh, the concept of out of control is based on a decentralized organization structure and uncontrolled movements of the crowd as well as surrounding police lines and then suddenly appear as a crowd similar to a flash mob. The protest participants try to spread out and reunite at different places to try to hide the borders between protesters in an environment with this behavior. Uh, the target. A close protest can be controlled and steered quite easily by the police. The concept tries to make the analysis of a protest and its flow difficult for the police. Uh, black blocking. The black bloc does not need to be affiliated with any group or ideology. It is simply a tactic and it works. This is both a defense and offensive tactic. Similar clothing makes it harder to identify individuals, makes the mob appear larger than it really is, uh, protects identity. So a common one is the Guy Fox mask popularized by V for Vendetta. Masks. Protect identity. If the regime stays in power and your face is recognized during a protest, you can expect repression, imprisonment, or even death. Keep your identity hidden when in public. Sunglasses and a scarf over your nose and mouth is a simple means of hiding your identity. If you manage to get hold of a mask, then use it. Ensure that you cover any particularly identifying features, for example tattoos, scars, birthmarks. If possible, bring extra masks for people who don't have one. Protect yourselves against tear gas, inhalation, and irritation. Remember to add water or vinegar to help with skin irritations caused by tear gas exposure. Whether advancing or retreating, pull debris, so trash cans, dumpsters, burning tires, cars, etc. behind your path. This will slow down APCs and police, allowing you, being on foot, to maintain mobility. If there are vehicles nearby, usually two or three people can push a normal-sized car easily. You will only need one person to steer it and block off narrow alleys or parts of roads with it. Don't get trapped. If you hear someone saying you are going to get boxed in, repeat the message down the line to other protesters. Uh, listen to where the observation slash basement teams tell you to go and go to exactly where they tell you to go. And when they tell you to get out of there, leave the area immediately. Their job is to prevent you from entering situations and areas that could get you trapped and subsequently in jail or worse. Be smart, be careful. There is safety in numbers. Try your best to stay around friends and watch one another's backs at all times. Avoid getting separated. Use caution when dealing with and speaking to people whom you do not know. In the event that you get separated, stay where, stay where you are if it is safe. Once again, ensure that you and your friends have agreed to a meeting place if separated, and a contact person if you are caught or otherwise unable to leave an area. People claiming to support your cause, but whom you do not know personally, could be infiltrator spies. Avoid revealing your identity to them. 
make sure no one other than the communications operator of the team is communicating through the radio channel you are utilizing. Be cautious about using public phones. Mobile networks may not be always available, so ensure you have a backup method if you are relying on phone networks. It could cause a breach of security if undesirables, so police or other authorities, are spying on your conversation. Have a designated meetup place or two and a designated time if anyone gets separated from the main group. Um, use sunup or sundown for an easy meeting time. Do not place your meeting site near well-known landmarks. It's very probable that this is where the security forces will look first. This place should also have a message drop that is concealed, such as a letterbox, hole in the wall, etc. And finally, essential checklists. So, communications. The phone numbers and address books of friends and family so that you can look them up after the worst has passed. If phones are not working, you may have to travel to their home to check on them. You will also need equipment to connect to the internet in various ways to let the world know what is happening. Keep these items in waterproof containers. Many survival and camping stores sell flat, watertight pouches. If you have a food vacuum sealer, this is another great use for it. Um, so the checklist is as follows. Addresses of friends and family. CB radio, cell phone, uh, computer, frequency lists and books, map of your local area, modems, uh, phone numbers, pre-addressed stamped postcards, radio, road flares, shortwave radio, signal flares, signal mirror, and signal whistle. Your document checklist. Bank account numbers, birth, death, marriage certificates, and divorce decrees. Charge card account numbers, lost or stolen notification numbers, deeds and contracts, house and life insurance policies, inventory of valuable household items, medical records including immunizations, money, passports where pertinent for each family member, social security numbers, and stocks and bonds. Uh, and your first aid supplies checklist. Ace bandage, band-aids, bandages, gauze, bandages for burns, triangular bandages, birth supply kit, burn dressings, butterfly closures or leukostrips, cotton balls, cotton swabs, eyedropper, eye pads, first aid manual, um, latex gloves, Sam splint, scalpel, scissors, uh, shears, a snake bite kit, space blankets, sterile pads, uh, surgical tape, a thermometer, tongue depressors, and tweezers. So that concludes that. I hope most of you are listening to this for entertainment purposes or just information purposes, but to those of you who, uh, who may actually need this, I wish you the best of luck. Um... Yeah, uh, this has been Mark.